Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to the 10th edition of Dong City. This is the third quarantined edition of Dong City. <laughs> Myself, Henry Maldonado Jr., Vince Marcandetti. Hope everyone's doing well. Vince, take it away. What's up, Henry? Are, you, are we fully back to health now? We are not. We are uh, at the tail end, um, <clears throat> which... <laughs> Oh, well, your computer's not fully back to health either. Just lost my, yeah, lost my uh, sense of taste, and I'm dealing with a pretty bad cough right now. So, yeah, but I, I, I'm definitely stronger. So I'm at the tail end of it. That's good. We had a busy day in uh, in the in the life groups today, so I'm glad you're feeling stronger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a crazy day today. I think everyone's just uh, tired, and uh, you know, everyone's just kind of had enough of everything and just wants to go back to normal life. Yeah, exactly. Well, normal life will try and give as much as possible. This is Dong City. Welcome everyone who is tuning in. Um, we have a, a show that is kind of the trend of Dong City, and that is we're going to talk about some things this time that MLB covered first, even though we covered it before that. Um, we're going to go over rule changes that at least I think, and Henry, we'll, we'll talk whether you agree or disagree, will go into effect in 2020 that I think will also go into effect after that. Um, it's been a narrative of Dong City that we believe things that are being implemented for 2020, if there's baseball, are actually, this is just a, a guinea pig season, essentially, and they're going to continue after that. So we're going to discuss that. Uh, the main thing we're going to discuss is part of that, and that is realignment. In MLB, um, I'm of the belief that two more teams are coming sooner rather than later. I have no inside source to base that on. It's just a gut feeling. Uh, and it go coincides with the fact that they're talking about going to that 14-team uh, playoff. So we'll talk about all that. We'll break it down. We'll give different takes on it. Um, we will discuss between Henry and I, and then I'm sure someone from ESPN will write about this three days from now. And, uh, and then the whole country will be talking about it. So yeah, I think we're on like three straight weeks that we cover <laughs> yeah. something and then uh, something very similar comes down in the news. So kudos yeah. to us. So yeah, someone will cover whatever we're about to talk about over the next hour or so. We're glad to have you guys with us. Feel free to comment in the comment section as we go along. As you know, we're pretty good about uh, getting to them and sharing those comments and discussing them as well. Feel free to disagree with me. That was the trend in daily life this morning. So... <laughs> Here we go. Vince, I don't know. I think I think you're cheating, man. You're clean shaven there. You know, uh, your, uh, yeah. One your more haircut, point about your haircut is going. Is, it looks good. I saw what it looked like under, you know, I'm over here. I'm scruffleupagus letting everything grow out, man. And you're sitting there looking good. You can't be doing me dirty like that. Not one of my friends that I've talked to has cut their own hair so far. They're all letting it grow like you are. But the, yeah. if you need any proof as to why I'm a Yankee fan, this is it. Uh, <laughs> had my wife shaved my head, I could not deal with the extra week or two of growth. Look at this. I yeah. look horrible, bro. And yeah, I always tell people the reason I hate the 2004 Red Sox is not because of the collapse, and it's not necessarily because of Kurt Schilling, it's because of their long hair. That was the first reason, and then those other reasons are after that. So, uh, yeah, will not let myself have long hair, will not let my beard get out of control. It's just very particular about those things, just like the Yankees. So, I say let it go, man. Let it grow. Let it grow. 
<laughs> I can't. As soon as it like reaches this part of my ear, it's game over. Can't do the, it. The hairs on my lip are starting to that, yeah overtake my lip, and I kind of just no, play with them a little bit. Straight across. But look, watch this. Look, they can touch. Look. Oh God, that disgusts <laughs> me. I, I'm gonna vomit soon. Um, <laughs> Having a little issue with this background there. There we go. Yeah, and we will get to that background. It's very important for the sake of this show later. Um, let's get into the rule changes. So I've made a comprehensive list. We can go through them one on one by one on things that have been discussed, that have actually been discussed out there as far as what might happen for 2020. Let me know if you think it's going to go beyond that or some variation of it. So, mm -hmm. for example, the first thing I have is they have claimed that if baseball comes back, and we're going to preface all this because someone's inevitably is going to comment, well, there's not going to be baseball this year. We know that's a possibility. Right. It may even be more than 50% possibility. But we're going, based on the premise, baseball in some capacity is coming back this year. So let's get that out of the way first. Plus, we don't want to think negatively. We want to think positively. The yeah. one thing we all want is baseball. So stop being a fucking negative Nancy. Right, exactly. We know your take. We know you're following science very closely, and the odds are not in our favor. But we're going to discuss baseball. Hey, cash is king. Would not rule out that they find some way to play somehow. So the first well, maybe some radical movement. I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah, lots of variations of that. The first rule change automatic strike zone and the reason that they're saying they want to implement that this year is because of social distancing they don't want the umpires too close to the batters even though the catcher would be right next to the batter anyway um which tells me that that's probably more for experimental reasons they want to yep. test out an automatic strike zone i personally think that will happen i don't know if it'll happen in 2021 but i do think eventually in our lifetime and probably this decade you're going to see the automatic strike zone what do you think of that yeah, I think much sooner than the next decade. I'm thinking five years or less. Um, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity to to try it out. Um, <clears throat> I know they talked about the minor leagues uh, being kind of the guinea pigs for it, but this is the perfect excuse to social distancing and you know you keep the same number of umpires, but you know the home plate umpire kind of just reads, you know, whatever machine or or gauge, I guess, some sort of wristwatch or or tablet or something that'll be up somewhere, but um. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said before, this uh, this season is just a good experience, a uh, good opportunity to experience with change. So, you know, we know baseball fans are the worst with change. You know, don't don't change my sport, and then most of the time they like to change. So, and that's a good point too. That's the reason not all of these things are going to be implemented as soon as there's a full season of baseball, but they will be phased in. I think, um, and everything I have on this list, I think, is going to happen. Uh, you, you know, you can tell me if you disagree, but it seems like we're both in agreement. Automatic strike zone, computerized strike zone, whatever yeah. you want to call it, robot umps, those are coming sooner rather than later. So so here's the thing. With, with the robot umps, it's that thing that, you know, <clears throat> don't touch my game unless you're affected. Once your team is affected, you know, this horrible blown call. Any team that has had a bad call go against them, you remember that shit. You remember it for decades. Yeah. I remember the Niners – and the Giants, you know, uh, that, yeah. that botched Ahmad Bradshaw, the, you know, the fumble that wasn't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, calls that go against you as a fan, you, you remember those because they stick with you because it's that, that element that it was taken out of the player's hands. And so, you know, everyone's always against it until it affects you negatively. And once it affects you, then, you know, maybe you change your tune or two. 
Yeah, and just to take a shot back at you, I remember the Jeff Garcia Niners and the pass interference that wasn't. Should have been a replay of that field goal attempt. And The greatest, uh, the greatest comeback in the history of the <laughs> NFC championship. <laughs> that was right in the Giants' heyday of blowing just every playoff game possible. Before I, they got their that was – but that was a hell of a game, period, overall. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. It had a lot of back and forth and excitement. But that's let's save that for a football podcast. Yeah, but, I mean, for sure. To your <clears> point, though, you – Twins fans, I'm, I'm sure that Joe Maurer, fair ball in the – I mean, they got yep. swept in that game. But that game one changed the entire complexion of mm-hmm. that series. Um, yeah, it just countless examples. I personally – I don't see a downside to accuracy. It weirds me out when people are like, well, I like the human element. I'm like – that makes no sense. I, a rule is a rule. Like, why not get that as 100% accurate as possible? You, you think Steve Bartman is still remembered in Chicago? Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> even with the title. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is it is a bizarre thing that people hang on to. And they're like, well, the call's even out. I'm like, why not have them completely even out by right. being accurate? Make it right. Possible. Make it right. Like, everyone complained about replay. Now, <clears throat> half the fans are screaming. If you're at a stadium and you don't feel, go to replay, challenge it, challenge yeah. it. You know, now we want. Now we're on the bandwagon of all right. Let's make sure that the challenges don't take forever. Now, but you know, for the most part, most people are on board with challenges. And if you remember, everyone hated it. Yeah, and the people who hate it hate it for pace of play reasons. They don't hate it for the accuracy. Standard. Right. Correct. So, which kind of ties into these other ones. So, there's our second thing, and this one I think might actually happen by 2021, maybe 2022. Universal DH. Now, the reason they're doing that this year is because the temporary realignment that we'll discuss as, you know, we're teasing it behind you right now, um, it's going to cause NL and AL teams to mix theoretically. And if there ever is realignment, which we'll get into that too, you know, like official realignment, it's probably going to have the same outcome. So you're going to need a universal DH this year if it happens and if you use a Grapefruit League standings. But we know this has been a major, major narrative in MLB for a while. It's, an, it's a matter of time. It's better for the player union. It's better for baseball. It's better for the fan, whether they admit it or not. So it's coming, and it, I think this might be the first thing that gets implemented immediately. I think of all the potential rule changes, this is the one that gets my dawn going. <laughs> yeah, this, I, is, this is the one me. that <clears throat> gets me the most excited. This is the one that I think even the purest of baseball fans, the the boomer crowd, the the yelling at the cloud crowd, <laughs> I think this is the one that um, will make the most immediate impact, and I think fans will love it. Um, you may have a subset of fans who won't ever admit it, you know, out loud, but they will love it. Um, this is something that extends some great players' careers. It adds more offense to the game, which, you know, no matter where you stand on the pace of play, People love offense. Offense puts asses in seats. Yeah. You know, they don't come to see a quick game. They want to see home runs. They want to see scoring. They want to see shit that gets them going. In so context. Universal DH would uh Universal DH would, would be the one that, you know, tickles my fancy. Yeah. Uh, and and contact. I mean, pitchers strike out way too much. I know you've got sluggers like, you know, Stanton or Judge, for example, who strike out a lot, but they also complement that with nine hundred OPSs. So <laughs> anybody listening, if they can get the strikeout rate for pitchers last year, that would be great. I know the batting average was like 170, maybe even lower. 
Yeah, I think Madison Bumgarner is probably responsible for most of that. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sorry, but walking your catcher in the NL, who's probably hitting 212 to get to the pitcher, is not valid strategy to me. Like, the strategy to me is facing David Ortiz. It's not walking a guy or double switching. Like, that, you know, small potatoes. The bigger strategy is a guy in the batter's box who can change the outcome of the game realistically. So Not to mention, you, you, you won't carry that you know, that light hitting, you know, infielder that can play all positions, but, you know, it's barely a hit. So now you're, you're going to carry not just the DH, but your extra player is going to probably be someone who can hit more. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just the DH himself. It's what the universal DH brings to the bottom of a lineup. It just extends the lineup so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, how much would Med fans love if, if Cespedes could only DH? How much more does his value go up? How much more is he tolerable on, on being on a team if he just has the DH and you don't have to worry about him running running around and pulling something? Yeah, and the trade-off is you'd rather see Jacob DeGrom risk injury batting? Like, I don't <laughs> understand it. So There's plenty of, plenty of guys that have teams. You know, imagine what Jose Martinez's career would be if he could be on an NL team with a DH. And that's a guy that can hit and – he just there's no space for him where he was, yeah. and you know he's not that great of a defender. Yeah. But now you say, hey, go hit, and now he's more valuable. And now he's on the Rays. He'll hit 380 against the Yankees, and <laughs> that's how it'll go. Yeah, yeah. So, Jose Martinez is going to smoke the AL East. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> number three. <laughs> yeah, Randy brings up a good point. I just saw it. <laughs> yeah, Bartol- exactly. Like that's the th- shit they hang on to. Is like one or two moments throughout the year. Like uh, Bumgarner homering off Kershaw was the big one too. Um, one or two things happens a year, and they're like, "See, this is what it's like." The intentional walk. How many times did we see an errant pitch out? Like maybe once a season, but people were like, "Don't get rid of the intentional walk because we might see that." It's ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, our our next one is. Inherently, it's a shortened season, which that is a guarantee. I think, yeah. I think there's no chance we'll have a 162-game season. But, again, guys like Rizzo have been in the news over the past few years talking about how they should have one. It's been lobbied for a while. I think mm-hmm. it will happen. Uh, I don't think it'll be an extreme like 90-game season like we may see this year. But if you wanted to talk me back down to 154 or 140, I could see that because guys are benching are getting benched more often anyway. Yeah, I think 147 to 154 is kind of the target there. Yeah. It also it also brings the playoffs back a little bit. You know, we don't have these November games, which is just absurd. If you yeah, have a cold weather team. Halloween. And if you go far enough, I know you'll like this. Say you went to 145, right? You're essentially cutting out two to three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. You can have that World Baseball Classic every year, every year. <laughs> and fit it into the calendar. Every year. Every year. You know how I feel about it. I love it. And these guys aren't playing extra games. That's essentially their replacement for spring training, if you will, or addition to spring training. Maybe it's a little more intense than spring training. So they're ramping into the season. They'll be in mid-season form by opening day. <laughs> so Going back to the WBC point, I don't think we'll ever see it every year the way I want. That's just me being greedy for that style yeah. of baseball. But I think something like every two years is – more realistic um i think every year the wbc has played it's been a huge hit get more viewers merchandise sales fans love it you get to see players that you made it you may not have known much about 
you get to see the way players gel with their countrymen. It's it's just it's fantastic. So I think maybe every two years, you know, is is, is a good uh good mark for that. I agree. I think two years is the sweet spot. Uh, even if it's not World Baseball Classic related, though, that's just my personal idea. It still gives you plenty of options. You can end the season yeah. in mid-October. You can end the season third week of October. You can start the season. This is something not a lot of people talk about. As global warming and you know climate change changes, you can start the season later in April and try and avoid those first few weeks. That's a lot of rain and snow and things like that. So um, yeah, it just gives would, you more- if if you did that, I would assume global change, global warming, and climate change is actually real. Right. This is going on the in the context of believing people who are experts in their field. So you know, it's it's yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's part of the population that doesn't agree with it. Um, it's a so our next one, and we'll expand upon this much more <clears throat> in the in a later segment, is is realignment itself. Now. Yeah. What they're talking about is because of areas of the country that may not open as quickly as others. Like, I, you know, I know as of today on the West Coast, their local government's already talking about phasing in in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think New York City, probably not sections of Florida are going to be in that position. Um, so not everyone's going to have their home stadiums available at the same time. Now, if you're going to have an MLB season, uh, they are talking about realigning the standings to match what's available. One of the ideas thrown out there this past week was going by Cactus League standings, which got every single Yankee fan wet in any capacity of the word because that puts us in a division with just a bunch of freak shows. Um, So I'm totally in support of that specifically. I would piss my pants if we went to that realignment um, schedule, which is what my background is, is what the proposed realignment um, divisions would be. I think your shoulders are blocking the Yankees specifically. Yeah, right here. You, you, it, you can't see it that much, but uh, it's Pirates, it's, it's Tigers, radical. I think Blue Jays, Yankees, and, and Phillies. Right? Yeah, I, that's yeah. a joke. I mean, the Phillies aren't dog shit, but the Yankees would st- use last year. They, they finished 22 yeah. games ahead of the Phillies, and the Phillies are the second best team in that division. I think it would it would be um, fans would cry that there's a conspiracy of sorts. It'd be or, great. It'd be so great. But, um, it's already a shortened season. You already allow the Yankees to get healthy because they're already on their track to become super injured by opening day. And then on top of it, you're like, here's a gift division. You'll wrap up after two months. Yeah, and and the and MLB's reasoning behind it, which makes sense, is uh, geographically. They went by the distance between stadiums. Right. So they kind of just, you know, put the leagues, the um, divisions together based on that. So it's a fair way of doing it. It just, you know, the, the, some of the divisions are funny, which we'll go through. Yeah. It happens to highly benefit the Yankees of, of the contenders, I would say, probably benefits them the most. And just looking, you know, your West, like Dodgers, Reds, White Sox, Indians, Angels, that's fair. Uh, the other ones are fair. It's just funny how I'll tell you out. what the the Grapefruit East I think would be the most competitive one. Grapefruit East, who it, I don't that see is that. the Nationals, yeah. the Astros, the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Marlins. I think that would be the most competitive league. That'd be great division, rather. Excuse me. 
I would. Uh, there's a trade-off yeah, that, there. I would root hard for the Mets if they were in a division with the Astros, even though their fans <laughs> want to be the most annoying people on the planet about the Astros scandal. I would root hard for the Mets if they're in the Astros division. Yeah, that, I think that's the most competitive one. Um, that would be that division would probably be the most fun. Um, yeah. Just the the Cactus League West would be interesting. The Dodgers, the Reds, the White Sox, the Indians, and the Angels. So yeah. the Angels would finish in last place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, facing the the White Sox, Reds, and Dodgers lineups would not be a nice season for the Angels. I don't no. think. That's actually not with that. Pitch, I mean, now. they went in. They went into the season with questions already, and now you're just putting some of yeah. the offensive powerhouses. Like, forget it. Look at this one below, right by your head, though. We got Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Royals, and I don't know who's directly behind. And Rangers. Rangers. And the Rangers. Yeah. A lot. Well, I mean, that's like, that's a bipolar division. You have the Brewers and Rangers lineups, and then you have the Royals, Padres, and Mariners. And it's like. And then you, well, the Padres are kind of that we don't know team. You know, they, they can be good. You look at their yeah. roster. You say, yeah, they can be good. Then you look at their roster and you say, I can see a lot of holes. So it's, it's weird. They're, they're a weird team. They could win that division. Um, division sucks. It's essentially them versus Yelich. Um, right. So, yeah. So, that is, so that's the theoretical realignment. Um, we're going to talk about more why I think that is probably the most interesting thing uh, about all of this. Oh, oh, God. The Northeast. I'm sorry. The Catholic League Northeast. The A's would cruise. <clears throat> the it, Diamondbacks, it, 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 Cubs, Giants, Rockies, Cubs, D-backs. Yeah, the A's would just cruise in there. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. In fact, I'm willing to take it a step further. They might win that division by more games than the Yankees would win theirs. Yeah, they would. They would smoke that division. Um. Yeah, Randy brings up an interesting point that <laughs> he said that they'd still lose seven games to the Tigers. In all seriousness. In that division the Yankees are in, who would be that? There's always that one team who sucks, and it just gives the Yankees hell. Who would be that team? The Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> that was in my head, too. I was the like, Pirates. <laughs> yeah, every game they play would be like 3-2 for some reason. Remember two years ago when we lost like eight games to the Orioles? Mm-hmm. That would be – maybe even more. That would be Pittsburgh. I mean, it just has to happen. I definitely think it would be an NL team who's now in the division with the Yankees. And for some reason, it just like short circuits them sometimes when they face a team that has no names on it and like pitchers who who are having terrible seasons, but like should be better fits the pirates to a T. I think my favorite two divisions looking at this is the Cactus Cactus League West and the Grapefruit League East. I think those two divisions would be the most fun. I agree. I I would that would be interesting. I would like They're pretty that. balanced and and you know you have teams that would just beat each other up and teams that are built differently. <clears throat> LA Cincinnati would be just great baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it really would. Harlan brings up the Yankees and their injuries in the show. This is what kind of terrifies me. It's off topic a little bit, but the Yankees in particular, if they have a short season, those injuries where they're usually back by August would be season ending. So, like, on one hand, it's great the season starts probably with Paxton, Stanton, and Judge healthy. 
But on the other hand, like I would put an over under at 50 at bats for Aaron Judge this season, regardless of when opening day is. Uh, something fluky always comes. So, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but um, yeah, we have weird injuries. But I would yeah. love to see. The, I, I'm kind of on board for something quirky like this realignment, just to see some different matchups. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, these next two kind of fit into each other. One is seven inning double headers, uh, which is the the reasoning behind it is to fit more games in. Uh, also impacts pace of play. That's a secondary reason. And the other one is changing to extra inning rules in general, um, which again is to get more games in a short period of time. You would end it earlier. Theoretically, you would have yeah. more arms available the next day. Things like that. Uh, and so also- my 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 take on the. Um- on the double play thing, I'm not crazy on too many double plays. I think you'd have to cap it at a certain number of games because I'm just – I don't care if it's seven innings or not. You know, you're asking a lot of the players physically. Yeah. I uh, so I, I, I think you'd have to cap that. Every other day. No, you'd have to cap that maybe – I'd say like twice, weekly, like twice a month. Yeah, if you could do maybe 10 a season. Yeah. And space them out properly so that they're not too crazy. Yeah, well, again, using our theoretical start date from a couple shows ago, if we used a July 1st start date and it ended in October, that's three months. Uh, yeah, so that'd be like three double headers a month, three to four double headers. I think 10, 10 would be the magic number of double headers that you're not asking the players too much, but you're also keeping, you know, their health in mind, so. Yeah. That's fair. As so. far as extra innings, I, I got a lot of flack for this in the group um, purposely. But, yeah, you know, I, I like the home run derby. Yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can get on board with the, the runner on second base thing. Um, but I definitely think there has to be some changes to the, the extra inning rules. Yeah. You have to kind of find a way to cap it, shorten it, make it more exciting something. Yeah, and we, we won't rehash that. We have a, a, a disagreement there, um, but also compromise in that I, I don't think extra innings should last forever with normal right. rules the whole time in a season like this or in any sort of short season with a, with a compact schedule especially. So those are the rules. I mean, like I said, are there any of those that you don't think at all will happen eventually? Did we talk about expansion? No. So we're going to get, well, we, we mentioned realignment. We haven't talked about expansion, but of those rules we just discussed, is there anything you think won't happen in baseball in five years? I don't think they're going to make any drastic changes to extra innings for this year. I think they will. Um, I I can't possibly see baseball going to seven innings long-term. Yeah. Can't do it. Um, What about for double headers? Um, it's pretty radical. I mean, I, I think you can. Um, Minor league does it now. You can make the justification. Have they started it though, or they just proposed it? No, minor league's been seven inning du- double headers, not regular seat, not regular. Just the double headers. Yeah, it's been like that for a while. I mean, I, I can I can get behind it. I'm not crazy about it, but I understand why. Yeah. Um, then you have to ask yourself, well, what kind of double headers are we talking? Because if you want to throw bones to fans, you're going to have a traditional doubleheader yeah if you're asking fans to pay two ticket prices in the shortened season when they're already pissed off because they can't get some of their tickets back and refunded you know you got to have a good old-fashioned uh one admission doubleheader 
Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about the uh, the ticket distribution and price charging for that type of thing, but it would be interesting. Even um, if you charge a little more, you know, not like twice the amount, but, you know, 20% more on a ticket for both games, you know, everybody wins. Your gate is a little inflated. People are going to be there spending money on concessions. But you, you, you got to throw bones to the fans this year. Yeah, you have to. for sure. Uh, and one of those bones, by the way, Felipe, is not 5 a.m. baseball games. That's what he's suggesting. So, but, uh, no. no. God, no. Terrible idea. Um, but it does actually spark a, a good segue for us. So, <laughs> like I said, the thing that we'll kind of spend the rest of this time talking about is the realignment concept. So, we know spring training team uh, divisions might be something for this year. I believe two things about realignment. One is that MLB is going to go to 32 teams, probably in the next two, three, four years, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and the reason I think that is, A, they have revenues of over $10 billion a year, but B, they're talking about expanding the playoffs. And the reason you expand the playoffs, besides the fact it, you know, again, makes a little bit more money, is because if you go to 14 playoff teams – you can go to 32 teams total and it stays proportionate. So my theory is that they're going to expand to 32 teams. I have chosen the two team, the two locations I think that are going to happen, but I'm curious what your thoughts are first and then we can kind of play around with that. I always thought eventually they would expand. I know, you know, over the last decade or so that it was talked about actually contracting two teams, you know, Oakland was in that mess. Tampa Bay was in that mess. Minnesota was in that mess. Two of those three teams are about uh, – one got a stadium. Oakland's about to get a stadium. Yeah, they're pretty much And set. Tampa Bay, I feel like we've been talking about their stadium issues for over a decade. Yep. Um, seven years so, at least, I think. Yeah, I, I, I always thought Tampa Bay would get axed or moved, um, no matter how good their franchise is run. I mean, baseball in Tampa Bay just doesn't work, period. Well, me being a Central Florida loyalist, I will throw this out there. In my realignment, the Rays don't stay in St. Pete, but they do stay in Florida. And I've made this well, – I don't know to get into I, it. Yeah, I think that's a discussion we've had many times. Yeah. I, Not have a baseball team in Orlando was stupid. Right. So whether you want to say Orlando, whether you want to say downtown Tampa, whatever, I'm keeping the Rays where they are, not Montreal, which I think – Montreal to me is the boogeyman of MLB like London is in the NFL. There's no, no teams going back there permanently. It's just a ruse to try and get leverage over uh, cities. That's, that's my – it already failed. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too crazy about 32 teams. Um, I think this year, whether it's missing the season or having an extremely shortened season, puts a dent in the finances. Yeah. Well, like I so, said, I don't think it's coming for a few years, yeah. but I do think it's coming in a few years. Selfishly, you know where I would want one of those two teams to be. You want, um, yeah, you want the Puerto Rico angle. Um, I think Puerto Rico um, would be phenomenal. The three, the three locations I think that would be ideal would be Las Vegas, uh, North Carolina, and <clears throat> and Puerto Rico. So we're basically aligned. So is Matt in the comments section. The only difference here is that. In Instead of Puerto Rico, I would just keep Tampa in the greater Tampa area, Central Florida, whatever you want to call it. But I, Charlotte and Las Vegas are the two locations I would personally expand to. 
Vegas to me is exactly like Orlando, just the west the west side. Um, right. They've got crazy tourism numbers. They are well infrastructured to host things. Uh, and the Vegas Knights, which, I mean, it's hockey in a desert, have been wildly successful. So I think if you choose the right parts of those markets, you're going to have a professional team. Magic have done fine, and they've given their fans very little over the last two decades to cheer for. Uh, and Lightning play hockey in Florida, and they've done great in downtown Tampa. So, so I, I think one way to get what we both want is just move the race to Orlando. Right. Put a team in Vegas. And then put a team in Puerto Rico. Everyone's happy. <laughs> the, my only problem with Puerto Rico is when we get to the actual realignment, which we can do now. Mm -hmm. um, geographically, it actually works out better for me having a team in Charlotte because uh, this, well, we'll get to it now. I don't know if you went this far. I didn't expect you to. Um, but I actually have, obviously, if we're moving to 32 teams, I have four divisions in each league. So eight division, just like football, eight divisions, four teams per div per division. So you're you're keeping the ALNL. Yes, I'm keeping ALNL, but I'm adding the universe. Because I, I hate ALNL. I just hate. I think once you add DH, you get rid of ALNL, and you you just geographically realign the. Would you division. change it to two to just a different name of conference, or you want to get rid of conferences? I would just I would get rid of it completely. Okay. Well, how just have 32, decided, 32 teams. 16-team leagues? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like old school. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a fan of the ALNL. I mean, the only difference is right now is, is literally the DH. I would add universal DH so everything's aligned. Sean, mm -hmm. I know, mentioned that earlier. Um, and also, Sean, I, I think that Lakeland is a good location. That's where the Tiger Spring Training Facility is. My only concern is until that train system gets done in Central Florida, it'd be very hard to get into Lakeland from the Tampa and Orlando side just using highways. Um, whereas Tampa, it's a little bit easier because it's a little not in the middle of two major metropolitan areas. You know, you know what you could do, too? Just piss everybody off and put a third team in New York. <laughs> never piss work. everybody off <laughs> that'd be awesome but i like i've always said you should put a second team in boston just to piss off red sox fans they'd lose their shit over it have another team in, in new york or, or get cute and or move them to new jersey you know yeah yeah the new jersey cool. swamps or something like that you know? yeah um so anyway, well, all right, so this now gets more interesting. You have two leagues, essentially 16 teams in each. I have – I still – I'm changing it to four divisions, four teams in each. Um, it's going to make your realignment probably a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I am going to try and share my screen. Can you email me that real quick while you're doing that? Or? Well, it'll show right here. Oh, you're going to show it. Perfect. <clears throat> I forgot about the screen sharing option. That's right. Zoom knows everything. Um, so can you see that? I can. Oh, you went full. Like, okay. Yeah, it's blocked. Right. This is the MLD map just for people to glance at, and then I'll get out of it. Um, this is the current setup. Yes, yeah, so this is the current setup. These are where teams are. So this is So this is just proof that Seattle has no business in MLB. Right. Seattle is the clear outlier. You can argue <laughs> putting a team in Portland, but I don't even think that would solve the problem. No. So, here we go. So for me, 
Uh, you know, it's funny, can... seeing it on the map, you see the distance between the other West Coast teams and yeah. Seattle is kind and of crazy. that's why you add a team in Vegas, it goes right into the sweet spot. Um, uh, I'm not trying to fix this problem. That is it. The problem is the problem. Well, we can fix the problem. You, you know the, the Bugs Bunny gif where they cut Florida off the map? Seattle the off the, yeah, we just carved Seattle off the Yeah. I don't think that we'll, – we'll safely say the Mariners stay, but I would add a team here. And the reason I do that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So now you've got a nice West Coast split here, eight teams. Mm-hmm. And then the other team I'm adding in Charlotte, roughly right here, uh, and that bridges the Braves and Nationals nicely. So now you've seen the map. Um, and you can see this vast, vast area. Uh, these teams inherently travel a lot anyway. So, yeah, I would love to. Let's start with the West. So, for me, AL West, I'm keeping the Mariners and A's, but then I'm going to add the well, and I'm keeping the Angels. The only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to add the Padres and have them switch from the NL to the AL. Reason I'm doing that is the NL West is the other four. So Dodgers and Giants get to keep their rivalry, and they're going to stay in mm-hmm. the same division. And then I've got the <clears throat> D-bags over here and the new Vegas team over here. So they form a nice little area. Yeah. And then essentially the other division is just going straight up the coast. But the Mariners are going to be a million miles to travel anyway. Is that essentially how you see – I guess it would be half of one of your leagues, right? Or are you like? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm okay with with the Vegas team. I think it makes sense geographically adding another team to the West Coast. Um, you have the whole Vegas element to it, which you know eventually sports betting will be legal, so that'll be fun. Vegas will make a hell of a lot of money. Yep. I'm still putting a team in Puerto Rico though. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's the same general concept, though, if you added a team in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, um, try and get out of this for a second now. Uh, it just To me, it just makes too much, too much sense um, for the island, what it would make I mean economically <clears throat> for, I think, baseball in Puerto Rico itself would be a completely different atmosphere than any other MLB stadium. Like, I yeah, think... You know, that part I agree fans, with you totally. Players would just, like, yo, we're going to Puerto Rico to play a game. For, forget they're going to a beautiful island. We're going to Puerto Rico. Those fans are fucking crazy. They have the Vuvuzelas out, you know. I just, I'd love the idea of uh, baseball and PR. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think it's as realistic, but I don't mind. I mean, culturally, it makes total sense to me. Uh, my only problem is now you got nine teams on the West. But, uh, but yes, you're not to not to mention, there. yeah, not to mention you. We would Puerto Rico would easily have the best concession stand food. Yeah, yeah. Like, forget it. So all the frituras, all all the yeah, you'll have like little rice and bean plates and and forget it, man. That'd be <laughs> take terrible. your hot dogs and Budweiser, and I'll take my fucking yeah Corona and and you know my Modelo or something else. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, you know, the West is, is pretty much staying the same for me. Uh, you're adding two teams over there. I'm adding one, I'm moving the Padres. So the centrals, we then get into, 
Um, AL Central is where there's a lot of change. I'm keeping the Rangers and Astros. They seem to hate each other, and I'm okay with that. And also, if you had looked at the map, like <laughs> Texas and uh, Texas is not really the West Coast anyway, so I'm no. fine with it being in the Central. Um, and then I'm going to add the Rockies and Royals. And that was really just a logistical job to kind of grasp that center area. Uh, and the NL Central, I am going to and, – and, again, going back to that, only the Rockies are changing from NL to AL. So now we've got Padres and Rockies from the AL. NL Central, I've got Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, and Reds. So nothing has changed there. The only thing I'm doing is taking away the Pirates, who deserve to be taken away anyway. And I'm sure that's not going to bother any – NL Central fans. Actually, it'll bother all NL Central fans who don't get to beat up on the Pirates, but um, that division stays the same. The Here's where my big changes. I have to add a division, right? So I'm adding the North. <laughs> AL North and NL North. Um, AL North, Twins, White Sox, Indians, Tigers. So again, I've done very little. All I've done is yeah. remove the Royals. And the NL North, this is... Nationals, Mets, and Phillies stay the same. So all of those inter-rivalries are fine. And then I'm adding the Pirates there, which isn't really that far of travel. And they now have a rivalry with Atlanta? the Phillies. What's that? What are you doing with Atlanta? Glad you asked that. Now we also have the Eastern Divisions. Um, and I went with East. Originally, I wanted to have a South, but um realize it doesn't make sense. So the N the AL East also largely exactly the same. Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, Jays. The only thing that's happened is the Rays, who are in Florida, and for some reason in the same division as those four teams, are going to the NL East, which is basically the NL South. It's the Marlins, Rays, Braves, and Charlotte, our other expansion team. So See, if you got rid of AL-NL, then you can really have some fun because the and you could have Yankees, Mets, Philly, Washington, Baltimore in the same division. And then the Met fans and Yankee fans could have a real reason to hate each other. I almost don't. So here's the thing. These were my findings based on this. Because you that is an interesting point. And then it's one that I considered. Basically, to summarize, the Rays and the two expansion teams in my book, Charlotte and Vegas, all joined the NL. Mm -hmm. Rockies and Padres moved from the NL to the AL. Obviously, we increased two teams. There's 32. This alignment keeps the Yankees and Red Sox together, the Rangers and Astros, Cubs, Cardinals, Dodgers, Giants, Twins, Indians, Nationals, Mets, Phillies, Mets, Phillies, Nationals, whatever word you want there. They all stay intact. Um, and it combines natural rivalries of the Rays and Marlins, Braves and Charlotte, which I think would just form a rivalry, yeah. you know, there. Angels Padres, I think, is a natural – like, I don't understand why that's not a rivalry. Um, and then Diamondbacks in Vegas, I also have a theory, would just become a rivalry being in basically deserts. In the desert, yeah. Yeah. So – but you bring up an interesting I – like, I like most of that, but I would, I would get – because, again, there'd be no purpose for two separate leagues. But then – so then – We'll go with your theory. I'm not, I'm not married to the idea of divisions. Um, I kind of think the more you... No, I like, I like divisions. I don't mind divisions. I just say get rid of the two leagues. You have, you know, the divisions and you have them based on um, logistics, like, you know, geographics, where you have, you know, let's say a division, Yankees, Mets, Philly, uh, Washington. 
Washington and Baltimore. You know, wouldn't kill them on the travel. Everyone is there. Um, you keep Boston there too. You know, you keep some of the natural rivalries. You create new rivalries. Um, Washington and Baltimore hate each other's guts, organizationally. So yeah, let them play each other. To clarify, though, you're saying two. We're not calling them leagues. Two divisions of sixteen teams each, or four divisions of eight. Four divisions of eight. All right. So you want four divisions of eight? Yeah. Um, I assume then, based on that, the eight. Uh, if Puerto Rico is not an expansion team, the eight West would be one division. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking, we can bunch essentially. Everyone else. Yeah. Well, you've got, so you can got, bunch up everyone else geographically. There'll be maybe one or two teams that, you know, may not fit naturally. Right. But I mean, let's be real. We have a bunch of teams that don't fit in the divisions naturally now. We don't. That's true. Um, I guess that was mainly my concern with going with wider divisions is that the travel then becomes more challenging because you have to have segments of teams in different areas of the country for travel. To your point, we do that now. I mean, the, you yeah. know, uh, the Blue Jays play the Rays in the same division. So that exactly. makes, makes no sense. <laughs> so I think either of our ideas probably improve that. Um, the other thing to consider is now how the playoff alignment works because we're talking – Seven teams is what they're deciding that could, I guess, theoretically shift to eight in each division or each league, whatever you want to call it. If it's seven and you have four sets of eight, are you then doing, obviously, division winner is four of them. Um, division winner and then you have to the give records. a – Yeah, the top records get a buy. Okay. Yeah. So, and for mine, it's not clear cut either. It would essentially be the same thing. You just take the four division winners in each league, and then you take the next three best records. Uh, Yeah, Felipe is right. I think that is sort of uh, the way the NHL does it. Which part? Um, My way. Two leagues. Two. I'm sorry. um, Four eight division teams. Yeah, they've got the Atlantic and the Metro, and then they've got the. West and I can't remember what the fourth one's called, but yes, they have four. They have four and, divisions. And now, now Felipe just he went full retard and just he wants eight divisions of four teams. <laughs> Leon said, "Well, that's essentially what mine is." <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's I don't like eight. it. <laughs> I got eight divisions of four. Leon, I've got AL and NL East, AL and NL Central, AL and NL West, and AL and NL North. Um. So basically that's what we're debating is I've got eight divisions of four. Henry has four divisions of eight. I don't know if there's a huge difference except for travel. My travel is probably a little more efficient, but as far as the playoff teams, you can divvy it up however you I want. Think, I think my way just puts more interesting matchups together. Well, yours kind of throws caution to the wind and has all of the Mets. Like the Yankees and Mets would clearly be together. You'd basically have the entire Northeast together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know – there has to be a reason why they don't do that now because it seems like why, think why the, did the Mets start in the NL? Because the, the Mets were the replacement for the Dodgers. Right. And the Dodgers, so, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the, then you also have like Rays and Marlins. What was? I mean, expansion teams in Florida. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking <laughs> was at the time. And they didn't come at the same time either. And let's let's 
Florida baseball worked for the Marlins. They just happened to have shit owners that decided let's rip the teams apart after each championship. But they did win two championships. They were able to put together – like, you go back and you look at some of those rosters for the Marlins, you're like, holy shit, they could have won several chips. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that that is always the argument I use when people are like, baseball doesn't work in Florida. We have the Marlins, and I looked this up, the Marlins have never had back-to-back winning records, ever, even after both of their World Series. They had fire sales both times. So Off the you, top of my head, they had what? They had Pavano – they, they had Pavano, A.J. Burnett, Dontrell Willis at the same time. Yeah, and uh, Brad Penny. <laughs> I mean, come on. That, that team, they had Hanley. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Hanley. Um, three team at Braden, Looper, and they had They had, you know, that, that's, they, were, they were stacked. They had Castillo and Pierre. Josh Beckett. Lineup. Derek Lee. Josh Beckett. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, stacked. I mean, they had the best farm system for years and kept tearing it down over and over again. Yeah, they had a pretty good expansion draft. Yeah, so, and yeah, Sean, I believe they were 500 once. I think they won 81 and 81 one year, and then they've been over 500 twice, and both the times they went over 500, they won the wild card, not the division, and then won the World Series. So when you look at success of that franchise, World Series part aside, for the sake of this argument, Two times they have won a playoff spot. No times the division, no times besides that over 500. There is no location in the country that would have a fan base if that was their success over the, uh, what are we at, 27 years now? That yeah. they've existed. And still won two championships. Yeah, and, and they won two titles. So they're still way better run, <laughs> even being run terribly in that regard. They're right. still way better run than a lot of other teams. Um, now, the Rays, like I said, I think that is more of a locational issue. And I've talked about that many times. And you've got other major markets in that part of Florida that would be more beneficial. So I, I don't have a problem with Florida baseball. I don't think that's the issue. But I it's do where, think it's I mean, where it goes, yeah. Yeah, I think the Rays and Marlins have two different issues, and that's hard for people who don't live in the state to understand. So but, uh, I've always said you have, you know, you have your tourists going to Orlando. Tourists will go see baseball games. Yeah, baseball uh, fans will go to other places. You have corporate buildings and corporate uh, corporations who have their corporate headquarters in Orlando. That'll be a hot ticket. You know, they'll sell season tickets. Orlando would be a, a good uh, baseball location. And they wouldn't have to move any of their operations. <laughs> the minor league teams, all of that would stay exactly yeah, the same. Everything's there. You offer a fucking uh, a pass to Disney and, and, you know, here, you can go to Universal and catch a game at the same time. Yeah, I mean, imagine the Orlando City uh, Entertainment Pass. You go to a Dreamers game or whatever the hell they're going to call them. You can go to Orlando Solar Bears. You can go call to them the Dream- Orlando City the- Soccer. I was about to get political with the Dreamers comment. <laughs> you can go You can go to Disney. You can go to Universal. You can go to SeaWorld. Yep. All of that can be in one pass for $800 or whatever the hell you're going to charge. And then once 10 p.m. hits, you can go to the other places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Gatorland. I mean, there's a million, million locations you can go to in Orlando. It can absolutely fit. Oh, and the population, by the way, is going to, like, triple by 2030. Put a, put a Tiger King location in Orlando on your street. <laughs> <laughs> you want to call them the Joe Exotics? Like, I don't Oh, care. my God. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's – I'm not giving up – the idea of a team in central Florida, but 
I, I understand where people are frustrated with the Marlins and Rays attendance numbers, but I'm yeah. here to tell you it is not because of those teams. I, I don't, yeah, but I, like I've always said, that they're not correlated. Um, right. The Marlins have just had some shitty owners twice. Um, you know, the new ownership group seems to have a handle on what they're doing. Um, and they still got two chips out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing the bare minimum, they won two championships. Uh, I mean, and not you know, not to attack them personally, but <laughs> ask a Mets fan if they would take two championships since 1990, uh, 1997 or any of those teams that have not won multiple times yeah. since 97. Har- Harlan in the comments of Florida man always goes to jail. I think Marlon man will be Orlando man if, if that happens. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so I mean that that that's what you've got. I um, I'm okay, honestly, with either of our solutions. I think either one would be fine. I do think though that this is going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know in what capacity. I don't know who the expansion teams will be, but this is going to happen. Uh, Maybe Mark Cuban has a, a good chance of getting an expansion team since they won't let him purchase a. God, I hope so. That would be oh my god! Imagine Mark Cuban running an Orlando team. I was just going to say, I hope it's Orlando. Fuck that. Imagine Mark Cuban running the Puerto Rico team. <laughs> he gets <laughs> it. He gets it. would be good. He gets it, man. Yeah. He would be a call great it shark, Call it Shark Tank Arena, you know, some shit like that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, he gets it. He would be a good owner. I. Oh, he already is a good owner in other sports, but yeah. Right. Yeah. It's – anyway – well, I think that has about exhausted the conversation. Um, yeah. the, that's basically what we're going to see. So, I, like we said in the beginning of the show, expect in the next few days MLB will come out with potential realignments uh, in the future. And they'll probably match very similarly to one of our ideas. That's just what happens here on Dong City. Mm-hmm. As far as podcasts going forward, you can look forward to total bases, which I have confirmed 6 p.m. we think tomorrow. Um, so tune in for that. More baseball. They're going to be discussing fantasy baseball, obviously. And then Wednesday, you've got a double dip. It's going to be Pop Culture Life. Jake Schwartz and I are going to discuss Ozark Season 3, one of the greatest seasons of television I've ever seen. And I don't say that lightly. And, uh, and then at 9 o'clock, you tune in for the lab at their regularly scheduled time in food life. So if you're not in food life, you're not in pop culture life, please join everyone. So, a- so- Wednesday is the double penetration. Wednesday is DP. Okay. Uh, everyone stay safe. Everyone abide by the rules in the life groups. <laughs> and uh, One more thing real quick, real quick. Yep. I know we do have a, <clears throat> a number of uh, essential workers in our groups. You know, we have a few nurses and, and hospital personnel. We do have a few um, truck drivers and, and other essential workers. And we just want to say thank you guys um, for keeping our nation afloat. Um, keeping everything, you know, going as, as normal as possible. Um, and, and we just want to thank you for your sacrifices because we know it's not easy out there. Yep. And like I said, stay safe, everyone. Uh, keep hanging in there. Hopefully we have almost through the worst of it, especially you up there in, in New York. I'm hoping that uh, yeah. things get better. Uh, and based on daily life conversation, I, it's going to just stay terrible for me forever. So we'll see how Florida goes, but anyway, everyone stay safe. Yes. Thank you again to the essential workers, uh, and have a great rest of your week. Dong city bitches.